Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Jordan and the Jordan Foundation of the United States of America. 
Well, my beautiful wife is here with me. Um, she 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 that she can't hear you, thankfully. But I'm sure if she could, she would be laughing with you. I'm good though. I mean, you know, raindrops keep falling on my head, but nothing's worrying me. Listen, it was a great season. Uh, bad way to, to end the season. We talked about it yesterday on on the NFL Free for All Tuesdays at nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, hosted by uh, Aaron Series Simmons and uh, Dylan himself. Shameless plug. Um, and I'll definitely have something in store next week. I'll be doing a, a special show with uh, New York Giants uh, fangirl, Adriana Arapola. So we, we're going to connect and, and do a show together. She's a great, uh, great uh, friend of the program. Uh, she guest hosted last week. So we're going to work together and do a, a season recap on the Giants. But, you know, all in all, bad way to end the season, but a great season nevertheless. So, um, you know, everything's good. But um, I got another chef I'm going to bring in that you can keep talking your ish. Um, calling it out of the 615 is, is the man himself, Mr. Harvey. Mr. Harvey, what is going on as my computer lags? But I'm going to bring him in, I promise you. Uh, I'm, I'm here. I think I said I'm muted, so I should be here. Uh, man, there you go. Pleasure being alongside. Pleasure being alongside the head honcho and yourself, Billy, man. I, I always appreciate you guys having me. It's always a pleasure and a privilege, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, definitely got got some topics I want to throw around. Uh, timeless. Um, I know I know you want to talk about LeBron. We'll definitely get to that. I'll let you cook that one, uh, cook that bird after um, this one. I want to get this appetizer in. I said I didn't want to talk about it yesterday, but as I kind of sat back and, and, and chilled and paused a little bit today, my blood got kind of started to boil. So I got to get into it before we get into the NFL talk and before we get to LeBron and, and his, uh, his chase to uh, Kareem's record. I got to talk about the MLB, dude. Um, I don't know about you, TP. I don't know about you, Michael. I'm disgusted. I mean, first it was Fred McGriff, who's okay. He's 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 a good player. But then we're talking about Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland, a seven-time All-Star, never won an MVP. Never. I mean, I think he's finished in the top ten once. Um, you put his numbers up against like uh, Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent hit. 280 for his career hit, I think, 60 more home runs than him. Jeff Kent hit 280, Rowling hit uh, – no, Jeff Kent hit 290, I think, and uh, Rowling hit 280, something like that. It's 10 points higher, at least. Kent has an MVP, and he's not in the Hall of Fame, but Scott Rowling gets voted in. Kent gets about 46, 47% of the vote on his last go-round. Rowling gets 76 and gets in. It's the Hall of Fame is just with this whole steroid thing. The guys that should be in aren't getting in now. Guys that probably would have never got in are starting to slide in through the back door. Timeless. Should Scott Rowland be in the in the Hall of Fame right now? I I can't be disrespectful because I do like Scott Rowland as a player. He was a good player, yeah, especially too. when the, you know those days, those days of him in, in St. Louis and things like that. So I can't really take too much away from Scott Rowland. But I do agree with you. There's names that they are holding out of the hall that should be in there before him. So you're telling me that he gets to, you know, appreciate his uh, acceptance of going into the Hall of Fame and nobody else that had played better ball than him gets accepted until they're in their 60s or 70s or when they could barely walk or potentially, God forbid, they pass away and, you know, somebody else accepts the award like a daughter or a son or a grandchild or something like that. That's 
This is this is what is the biggest black eye on baseball. I get it. I understand they want to say they want to play by the rules, so on and so forth. But everybody does a drug. Everybody does a drug. Everybody in the world probably does a drug. If you drink Coca-Cola, you're doing a drug. If you drink coffee, which I think about 97% of the world drink coffee, I don't I don't drink coffee at all, but you're doing a drug. You smoke cigarettes, you're doing a drug. Like, stop it. Like, don't sit up here and base it all off steroids. And if you're really thinking, okay, let's just look at Barry Bonds, for instance. If you really think that steroids really impacted his game, I I beg to differ, and I'd love to have the debate with you because this guy was hitting like this when he was in Pittsburgh, when he wasn't as big as he was going into the 2000s and going into the monster years, you know? So, like, baseball has a big black guy on it, the way that they are doing their voting, so on and so forth. And um, I think all of the people that we grew up watching aren't going to get their day, like, when we get to appreciate it. We're going to have to be older, you know, long in the tooth to try to go out to Cooperstown. Thank goodness we live a state away from it to go watch it happen. But, um Who's to say that these guys hang around? And it's, and it's tough to see that this is what baseball is up to. And um, Scott Rowland, I, I don't want to badmouth you as much. I, I get where Barry's coming from. But there are players that have done more than you that deserve to be there, and they aren't there just because of, I guess, the rules or the law, the, you know, the long arm of the law in baseball. And um, it has to stop. They're going to have to draw the line somewhere or people are going to slowly keep – pulling themselves away from the sport of baseball, which is already happening since all of the different, you know, lockouts, so on and so forth. Baseball is taking the hit, and they're going to continue to have this happen. And they could care less because they're still going to get their money at the end of the day. But I, I'm i intrigued on which way you want to go with this. I, I want to see where you're going with it, Barry. I mean, I just – I'm looking at it like – obviously, Bonds and Clemens should be in over rolling. But I'm looking at guys that are comparable – Jeff Kent should be in way before Scott Rowland is. And and I agree with you. I, I want to pause and, like, it's no disrespect to Scott Rowland because he's a good guy. He was a good player. But this ain't the Hall of Goods, man. Like, it, it just frustrates me that the, the Hall of Fame has come to this point where Scott Rowland is you, – you put his bust next to, 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 to Babe Ruth. It, I mean, if there's a debate about the Hall of Fame, then you shouldn't be in. And everybody in should be able to stand next to each other and you say they're they're a Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Famer. I would never put Scott Rowland in the same breath as any third baseman that's in in the Hall of Fame right now. It just it that part bothers me, Mike. I'd love to get your opinion on Scott Rowland making the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I think it was yesterday, um, and he was the only one to get seventy over seventy five percent of the vote. This has now become the Hall of Very Good, um, where the Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame. But listen, Scott Rowland's a nice player. Came up with the Phillies, played with the Cardinals. I think he even had a year or two with the Reds and was good there. Um, now, the only thing that really separates him from Jeff Kent, Kent's got the better batting average, more home runs. The only thing that really separates him from Jeff Kent is that Scott Rowland was a gold glove defender. But to me, if you're going to put, if you're going to put Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame, then You've got to look at, you've got to look at Andrew Jones, for example. Exactly. Uh, for, exactly. For six or se- for six or seven years, Andrew Jones uh, was, uh, in a lot of people's mind, the best defensive center fielder in the game. Now there's some there were some other really good ones at the time too. You look at Griffey, who was amazing, and Edmonds, and you know there were some other good guys. But Andrew Jones was right up there as far as uh, quality defensive uh, center fielders. 
But to me, I don't, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer either, right? Like, um, I, I would say this. Uh, I understand that Sammy Sosa hit a bunch of home runs. I think Scott Rowland was probably a more complete player than Sammy, uh, though not did, definitely didn't have the power prowess. But I, listen, this is it, this is a joke, man. When you put a guy uh, like Scott Rowland in, and we're still leaving out Bonds and Clemens, to me, the Hall of Fame has lost a lot of its prestige. It's lost a lot of its luster. Like I'm not impressed. Um, and I just think it, it, it's sad to me because in, in a lot of ways, I feel like growing up, the Baseball Hall of Fame, it was kind of a bigger deal was made of the Baseball Hall of Fame, almost more so than any other Hall of Fame in some ways. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, Football Hall of Fame is still a huge deal, but like mm-hmm. – I don't know. It was just those – the people in the Baseball Hall of Fame that we read about growing up or that we heard about, there was just like – the best way I can say it is kind of like a mystique to them kind of thing. And a guy like Scott Rowland doesn't doesn't give me that sort of vibe, doesn't give me that sort of uh, impression. I, once again, nice player, very good player. Um, is he a guy that – you would like to have on your team, sure. Was he a very good glove at third base? Yes. And that's a hard position to play because you've got to be so quick on reflexes and that kind of thing. Scott Rowland was an asset to any team that he was on. And he was a very mm-hmm. good player. And so don't mean there's any disrespect to him, but just to me, the Hall of Fame should be reserved for the elite of the elite. Um, and once again, I, I think when you when you put him in there, it becomes the Hall of Very Good, as I said before. I I could argue even, Barry, that Scott Rowland may be more deserving of the Hall of Fame than Fred McGriff. Yeah, um, I could. Because of his defensive prowess. I, I, I could argue that, too. But I don't know that either one of them should be in the Hall of Fame. Nice players, not guys who I feel like should live in infamy. Not, you know, maybe – certain plays, certain records, whatever. I mean, like I said, last thing I'll say, Scott Rowland was a feared hitter, and he was, a, he was a clutch guy, and there were a few years that he really uh, – I remember where they – you know how they show the little stats of, like, your batting average in the clutch or with, you know, runners on base or whatever else, runners in scoring position. I remember years where Scott Rowland was pretty high in those categories, but that doesn't make him a Hall of Famer. Uh, nice player, but not he should not be living in infamy, if you will. You should be like the top of your class for a, a, a long period of time, a stretch at least. I mean, if Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer without an MVP, then we're talking about Keith Hernandez and Don Manley that should be in, right? There's three guys that were on this ballot. I'll take Todd Helton over over Scott Rowland right now with, with the silver sluggers, the batting average, the home runs, the better numbers than Scott Rowland. The writers should be ashamed of themselves. I think it's a joke what they're doing. Um, and no, I, I want to say, I, I got to say, no disrespect to Scott Rowland because I'm, it's like, listen, congratulations. I'm happy for him. It's a great moment. I don't want to pause when I say, like, listen, it's the Hall of okay. 
You know what I mean? It's hard, the Hall of just good enough. Like, and it just it, it just doesn't sit well with me when there's a list of guys like Andrew Jones, who is arguably one of the great the greatest defensive center fielders of our time, and has the power numbers to go behind it that can't get over over sixty percent of the vote. But you're giving it to Scott Rowland. Like you voted for Scott Rowland over Andrew Jones. I'd love to hear your reasoning. And the writers have come up with some nonsense that they they say, oh, this is why X, Y, and Z, and none of it holds water. It doesn't. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I just, it just bothers me. And and like obviously there's the guys that should get in that don't get in. And and you know they won't get in because of steroids. Fine. But I mean, you know, don't let he without sin cast the first stone because like everybody got rich off that that era. Everybody, the writers, everybody got rich. Owners. So now you want to blackball them to look holier than now. It's just ridiculous to me. But I got two other calls. I want to bring them in. Um, you know, calling out of the the the, 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 the seven the seven zero three is uh, Mr. Aaron Simmons. I'm gonna bring him in. Aaron, what's going on? What's going on, my man? How we doing this evening? Good, good, good. We're talking about this Hall of Good, Hall of Okay. Talk to me. Hall of Okay. You know, here's, here's the funny thing, man. Like at the end of the day, it, 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 it's it's going to sound bad, but I stopped caring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, 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 there was a point where I really put a lot of focus and onus and, you know, this person being able to get in and that person getting in and how much it means, um, you know, to, to be selected, you know, to the Hall of Fame. And, again, I'm not trying to throw shade on, on anybody that just got in, but when the goalpost keeps getting moved and nobody knows the reason as to why it's getting moved, or it didn't move so damn much that it's it, it lost. It, it, it's just lost because there are people that are not in that should be in. And if we're using the same type of measuring stick uh, for those that are looking to get in, for the people that are already in, some people have to be taken out. You feel me? So the, the goalposts keep getting moved. Um, and unfortunately, I, I, I don't give a damn anymore. Like, if they get in, great. If they don't get in, it is what it is. Because at the end of the day, the Hall of Fame, especially as it pertains to Major League Baseball, is not a direct barometer or direct gauge of the skill set or the impact that a player had onto the game. You know, hell, everybody and their mother was using juice back in the day, but we're going to keep Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame because he's a, he's a fall guy for it. But keep in mind, we got racist motherfuckers in the Hall of Fame, you know, being a part of racial injustice. But we're going to keep a guy out because he 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 used juice. Miss me with that, man. But anyway, how we doing, bro? I'm good, man. I I, I feel you, man. I'm right there with you. Um, and I got one more caller. I'm gonna bring him in, Mr. Chandler Knight, calling out of the three one five. Chandler, what's going on, bro? Not much, man. Just a terrible day today. Um, you know, I've been listening today to different baseball shows and the justification mm-hmm. for Scott Rowland, who's not a Hall of Famer by any stretch of the damn imagination. Is he one of the, we call him top, say, five um, defensive third basemen? Mm, yeah, yeah. And... The justification keeps being, yeah, but you got to look at his defense. You got to look at his defense. Well, then why isn't Andrew Jones in? 
Because Andrew Jones, yeah. uh, once exactly. you get past Willie, Willie Michigan, the Duke, um, the next one is Andrew Jones. Okay? Absolutely. The next one is Andrew Jones. In any era, Andrew Jones would be considered an all-time Hall of Fame defensive center fielder. Plus, I think he hit over 400 home runs, correct? Yeah, so absolutely. The justification Fred McGriff, who was never the most feared hitter in his lineup, was yeah, but you know he hit 490 and it was close and baba da baba da. Okay, um, and he was towards the the, the you know he was around at the beginning of the stairway, so maybe he got penalized for that. Okay, um, but you didn't put Andrew Jones in, and then for Scott Rowland, it's yeah, but he's so great defensively, but you don't put Andrew Jones in. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't think me personally, and I told you this before. I love Andrew Jones, love everything about him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. But if you're going to put Fred McGriff, if you're going to put Mike Messina, if you're going to put Scott Rowland, Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame. Fred McGriff, Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame. Then I'm not trying to hear you tell me that um, Andrew Jones doesn't belong. I'm not trying to hear you tell me that this is. For the greats of the greats of the game, right? Because for all of the to talk about what, how great Scott Rowland was defensively, let's just start talking about great Philadelphia Phillies. You get to him around eleven or twelve. Gary Maddox and Bake McBride, who people couldn't pick out of a lineup, people who who are weren't alive when they played, they still know those names as Phillies as Phillies fans. And they'll mention their names before they mention damn Scott Rowland. Okay, you want to talk about what he, he won a World Series with the Cardinals? Yeah. Where does he stand on the list of Cardinals greats? Yeah. They talk about Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado has already bypassed him as a great third baseman in, in the Cardinals history. And Nolan Arenado has <laughs> been in, what, three seasons? Three seasons? Three, yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> This is that that they, they they make up these analytic stats, and this is why people hate analytics. It's not that we hate numbers. It's not that we don't want to look underneath the hood, as David Cohn loves to say, which I hate that stupid statement. It's not that. It's that you make up these arbitrary statistics to justify saying somebody was good when they really weren't. It's okay if you don't get in the Hall of Fame. That doesn't mean your career is a failure. It doesn't mean you weren't good. It means that you weren't the best of the best of the best of the best. That's four best. You weren't great. Okay, because to get to the, to get to play in the major leagues, you have to be the best of the best. That's that's so. That's two. You got to go two more best ofs to get in the Hall of Fame. And if you want to be first ballot, you got to add like three more best ofs. There's levels to everything. Everybody's not supposed to get in. Everybody's not supposed to get a trophy. That's how life is. But what they're doing is they're picking and choosing which players they like, okay, and they're letting them in. That's all this is. This is a popularity contest at this point. It's a popularity contest. So, okay, so now the Hall of Fame is about who you like instead of how good you are. I mean, it's always been a popularity contest. Let's not get it twisted because we know what the writers have done over the years to a lot of different players who should have got in and all those other things, that guys who should have been unanimous and weren't. And, you know, Ken Griffey was the How the hell was Ken Griffey Jr. not unanimous? We ain't getting it off. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But now you just basically 
You're not even pretending anymore. You're not even pretending right. anymore. Screw you. We gonna put in our buddies so that they can have so they can be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, well if that's what you're doing, I'm with serious at this point. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Because um, I will never go to Cooperstown now, ever. Um, and a lot I might of people. Just, I'm, I might huh? just um I might have to just put gasoline to this flame on the grill. Baseball is racist. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it hasn't been that long, right? It hasn't. It wasn't that long ago, right? I mean, we can keep it a buck. But, but you mean to tell me? You I, mean to I, tell I, me? I, look, 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 look. Scott Rowland is better than Manny Ramirez. Manny's got the steroids. That's what keeps him out. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? But, like, but, and, okay, and but, but how long is it going to last? I could, I, could, I could endlessly name names no, that minorities. I could endlessly name names of minorities that they have in a report that they're going to hold out ever and put anybody in there. It doesn't matter. And, and like I said, I, I understand where you're coming from, Barry. I understand where Chandler coming from. I respect mm-hmm. Scott Rowland as a player. He is a good player to me. I agree with you guys. I respect mm-hmm. that, that he's a good player, but he's not great. But they're going to put anybody in there just to just put somebody in there throughout the summer or whenever they induct people into the hall, just to have yeah. somebody go yeah. in there. And we can, we can uproar and be mad as possible and, and know that we've seen players come in at least throughout the the era of the 80s and the 90s and going into the early 2000s of some monster players that won't get there. They will not get there until they they kind of lift the lid on this situation, and it it, it could just be the steroid situation. And people are gonna look at this like, "Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? Like this this is what it is. I, I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It's not like I don't care because I respect the sport because I played baseball since I was four years mm-hmm. old, t-balling all the way coming all the way up. So it's like, no, I'm not gonna walk away from that sport. I, I'm a diehard Twins fan. They never left my boys. I love the sport. So it ain't like I could just diminish what I've seen. Throughout those years, no, no, they got to get it right, draw the line, and what? And if they say, oh, the steroids got these guys in there, you're not going to put Jose Caseco in there. Jose Caseco's not a Hall of Famer. Mark McGuire is a Hall of Famer. I feel like Mark McGuire should get in there. You've you got to play this, oh, I'm going to play the line. we got to keep some of these guys out. Roger Clemens is going to be held out. Roger should be in there, and they know it. Roger should be in there, and they know it. Like, like we can do this all day long. Right, right. Baseball, is, baseball is turning into the worst sport out of the major four. Out of the major four baseball is holding really it's I will put, put a lot in there over TV. Scott Rowland. Say that again. Serious, I'm sorry. I said, I said, I will put a lot in there over Scott Rowland. I mean, there, there's there's guys. Like Todd Helton should be a Hall of Famer before Scott Rowland. I mean, right. he's got better mm-hmm. numbers. But to Chandler's point, I don't even think it that it's it's a it's a Hall of Friendship. I think it's a Hall of Safe. Like they want to go with the safe guy. Like they know Scott Rowland. If we bring him in, there's not going to be any controversy around this pick. You know, there might be controversy because he doesn't belong in there, but it's the safe pick. You know what I mean? Like, Fred McGriff is the safe pick. I don't have to worry about anything about, like, any kind of controversy or anything. They just – and to TP's point, yeah, they got to get somebody in. Somebody's got to get in. they got to have a ceremony once once a year. You can't have nobody get in, so they're going to bring this guy in. Like, it's – I, and I, I'm with TP. I played this sport since I was a kid. I love it. I, I have fond memories of, of watching the game with my father or listening to the game with my, my blind grandfather. And it, it, it's gotten to the point where I almost don't give a damn. Like, like serious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do what you want. Like, these voters, they, 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 they didn't vote in Jeff Kent because he didn't get along with the media. 
That's why he's not in the Hall of Fame, not because of his numbers, because his numbers by far and away are better than Scott Rowland. They didn't vote him in because they didn't. He didn't play ball with the, the writers. Barry Bonds never played ball with the writers, so that's one reason why he, he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt, other than the fact that there, there's that controversy that, that hovers around him. But he, Barry Bonds never kissed the media's ass, and that's why he's not going to get in either. It's a joke. It's a it's it's. It's like Jeter isn't unanimous. Why? Because one voter in Boston has a didn't didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. What what credential says that he's not a Hall of Famer? Like, give me a break. It's a joke. It 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 it, it it's just the whole system is a joke. It's an absolute joke. Anybody wants to pile on, go ahead. If not, we can move on. Yeah, I, I guess that's enough. Because I, I, I'm, I'm tired of giving them shine too. Um, timeless. You had, you had your, 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 your LeBron talk. Why don't you kick that off, brother? Put that, put that steak on the grill. Let's season that up. Well, I'm the season. This, I don't, I don't need no more seasoning. I cook with that on. <laughs> so here goes the crazy part. LeBron is close to eclipsing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Incredible feat. I have to respect mm-hmm. it. The dude means a lot to the sport of basketball and for the stuff that he's done in his life. Once he gets this record, what else does he have to prove? What else does he go get? Now, I'm kind of double-edged sword in this situation because it's like he's done everything. He's top 10 in scoring, top 10 rebounds, top 10 assists. The list goes on and on. He's laundry listed. He's definitely in the top 10 all-time up there, right? But then you look at this season right now, but Brian has played the Clippers, ugh, I want to say probably 12 times since he's been there, 12 or 16 times. The Clippers are on a 10-game winning streak against LeBron. LeBron can't win anymore right now. Even if Anthony Davis gets on that floor, I don't think Anthony Davis could save the Lakers right now. LeBron pig-headed himself to be on that team with the team that he wanted around him. Is not looking good. He doesn't want to play with youth. What do they do to make this better for LeBron? LeBron is going to have one of the most epic careers ever and go out on losing terms. He's in a situation right now that he said, and I quote, when my son gets to the league, I want to play with my son. And I get it because it's cool because I want to see the, you know, the relive moment of like Ken Griffey, and Ken, Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr. in basketball. That's cool, right? But you already know that this is a situation where your son – may not go to a good team, he's going to go somewhere bad, and you're going to try and leapfrog and go there to, like, make this another accomplishment in your career. The way that this is ending for LeBron, this is the last thing that he can do to put a gold star on the board for his career. After this, it's like, what can you do? I don't feel the Lakers are a championship-caliber team, unless something drastically turns around in the West, and I feel like injuries have to happen for the Lakers to start running the board to get to the playoffs or get to the doggone NBA Finals with this roster as it's constructed. They're getting too close to the trade deadline for me to think, hmm, this is a big pickup. They went and got Ruri Hashimura from the Wizards. I don't think that's a big pickup. I think that's for the replacement of LeBron. They kind of play similar. So once LeBron up and leaves, this is like a good fill-in for LeBron. I don't think that this is set in stone. Even when you hear LeBron talk to the media, he's talking ill about Palenka. Something's going on in L.A. Y'all better watch it. I don't think it's good at all for Laker fans, Laker Nation. 
it is not looking good in the Western Conference. There are a ton of teams better than the Lakers. LeBron is the best thing to watch in purple and gold. Other than that, it's shaky. Russ may be out of there soon if, if they don't pull the trigger before the trade deadline. He's definitely out of there once the season's over. Um, I don't know who you could build around on that team. Uh, I feel bad for Darvin Ham. They gave him the job for him to kind of be the fall guy too. I, I want to see how you guys feel about it. What else does LeBron have to prove, whether good or bad, after accomplishing the feat? Yeah, let's kick it around. Um, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll kick it off. Like, um, honestly, I don't. There's not. He's chasing the Jordan Ghost, right? He, he, you know, there's his there's his fans and and people that think he's the goat and he's the greatest. But then there's also that sect of fans that think um, Jordan's the goat. And then you have a smaller percentage at these, this point in time that thinks Kareem's the goat. But He's always chasing that Jordan ghost. So, I mean, you know, anything he can do to try to surpass him from a championship perspective is what he's going to try to accomplish, right? But I agree with you. There's no way he's winning again in this league and definitely not in a Laker uniform. I think he's playing out the strength to play with his son. However, that, you know, can get accomplished. But it's it's a sad end right now because it's not because of him. It's because of the team that – he helped construct that is not going to win. I, the Lakers need to trade Russell Westbrook. His value is, is a little bit. Um, you, you have to get assets by the time he goes, or he, you get nothing for that mega contract. So I think if he can, you try to trade him. But um, you know, I, I I don't build around. I don't build around Anthony Davis. I don't. You, you can't rely on him. The, the best abilities of dependability and availability, and you can't depend on that guy to be around. He, he's always hurt. It's always something. And, and, you know, at some point you just have to cut bait, right? Um, it, the, it, the Lakers is a mess. His body language during that uh, Clipper game, especially near the end of the game, it was, as a, as a you know, LeBron hater, it was fun to watch. But as a fan and, and guy that respects LeBron, I do respect LeBron. It was sad to watch. It was sad to see his body language and knowing that, you know, his team just has absolutely no shot of winning a, a game, a meaningful game. And it, you know, it's a sad end. I, I don't really know what he has to prove, I, to be honest. I, it's just playing with Bronny and that's it. Like, to be honest with you, um, I definitely want to get everybody else's opinion. Um, Mike, I'm going to come to you last because I know that's your team. But um, Chandler, uh, you want to kick around TP's uh, dish that he threw on the on the grill? Yeah, LeBron's career is ending the way every great player's career ends, on bad teams. Teams <laughs> <laughs> they can't win. Um, the only difference is LeBron is still putting up numbers. That is literally yeah. the only difference. Like, I saw Wilk at the end of his career. I saw Kareem at the yeah. end of his. I saw Dr. J at the end of his. Um, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I saw them all. I saw Barkley. I saw them all at the end of their careers. They were they were they were ghosts of themselves. They weren't even shells. They were they were they were specters at that point. <laughs> you know? And you were like, Oh my god, dude, just retire. Seriously, just please retire. Go away. Mm-hmm. His whole thing and, and, and I'm gonna say this about his son. His son is a very good high school player, and I think his son will be a very good college player, if his last name wasn't James, then he wouldn't be looking at getting into the schools that he's talking about. He would be a, a school like, and, and I'm saying Villanova, because Villanova doesn't, really doesn't go after those, those five stars. They get guys that are like four stars, and all their guys are good, and they win. 
You know, he would be looking at a school like that, okay? He wouldn't be looking at the, at a Kentucky or a Duke. They wouldn't touch him. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't touch him, and that's not the problem. That's just that's where, he, that's where he is at this point in his young basketball life. Right. The whole thing with the Lakers is, is what the hell does LeBron expect? You asked him to go get a guy who can't stay healthy and another guy whose brain goes into shutdown mode as soon as he touches the ball. Okay? He's like that guy. Remember the old, what was that, what was that commercial with the dog? Um, with the bacon, 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 bacon. Russell Westbrook gets the ball. Shoot, 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 shoot. Not pass, nothing else. Shoot, I can't believe Rangers lost in overtime. Anyway, um, so that's what you asked. That's what you got. That's what you asked for. I like the Rui trade, but no, is is Rui a game changer? No. Rui's a great piece on a contending team, which the Lakers are not. So another bad trade by Rob Palenka. Not bad in the sense of, but if you're supposedly trying to win this year, then that trade doesn't help you at all. Not at all. Not at all. It helps you for the future, which is why LeBron is pitched. Because while Palenka is making moves for the future of the Lakers versus the future of LeBron James. Right. And I also, personally, I think LeBron is being incredibly selfish when it comes to his yeah. son. What makes you think your son wants to play with you? What makes you think your son wants to realize that the only reason a team will draft him is so they can have you there? How do you think that's going to make him feel? How do you think that's going to affect his career, affect how he's viewed in the locker room? How much respect do you think he's going to have when, when, when he goes to Duke? And the only reason he's a Duke is because of who his father is. That's going to be real helpful for him. This, this is an exercise in the hubris of someone that's been great in their field for a long time. And, and you get to see how they start to believe that it's all about them, that's always going to be about them, and that everything has to cater to them. This is literally hubris on his part. Because if he actually wanted to win, he never would have brought Russell Westbrook there. If he actually gave a damn about more than himself, he wouldn't be so concerned with staying to play till his son gets there. What if your son decided he don't want to play basketball after this? What now? What then? It's, it's, this shows you just how selfish LeBron James is, and that's not a word you would usually associate with him. This is an exercise in selfishness as far as I'm concerned. It's not It's not out of the realm uh, to say he's selfish and, and Listen, give Bronny credit. He did get voted All-American, but there's always going to be that question. Well, he's probably All-American because his daddy. He's going to Duke. He's in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, you're always going to have that doubt. I wouldn't want to live like that. I mean, the kid wants to, if he wants to make it on his own morals, then that's one thing. But it's going to be hard for him because it's always going to be about his father. It's, he's going to be LeBron James' son. You know what I mean? So, it's tough. Uh, serious. I mean, what do you think about what uh, TP is, is putting on the grill? You know, at the end of the day, man, I, 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 I think both statements can be true. At the end of the day, I believe that it's unfortunate that LeBron James' career um, is going to end in, in this way. I, I still can't get 
Hakeem Olajuwon and the Toronto Raptors uniform out of my head. I can't get Sean Kemp and the Cleveland Cavalier uniform out of my head. It still made me laugh when Carmelone put on a Laker uniform. You know what I'm saying? And, and and the list goes on and on. Hell, we just saw ESPN 30 for 30 with Tony Parker in Charlotte. Like, these greats that, 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 that you know, put on a show and did well um, tend to always go to a, a loser at the end. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know. However, with that being said, you're still talking about a 30-point-a-game score right now who seems to be able to get it done at a high level. Um, so I'm not going to say that he's not going to be a tremendous asset to a team uh, should he, he leave L.A., but I think T.P. hit the nail on the head. There's something brewing right now with the front office on LeBron James. Um, I do not knock him. I'm going to emphasize this enough. I do not knock him for voicing his concern and voicing his desire to play with his son. Hell, I am a father myself. I'm sitting here talking to bunches of, a couple fathers. If I ever had the opportunity to play ball at the highest of level with my kids, sign me up. I don't give a damn what I got to do to make it happen. Sign me up because at the end of the day, what is talked about behind closed doors is going to be talked about behind closed doors. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure that Bronny and LeBron had a conversation about, you know, this situation, and that's why LeBron James has voiced it. I will also say this. People have shoved several microphones in Bronny James's face to ask him about the possibility of going to the NBA and possibly playing alongside his dad. If Bronny James didn't want to go along with this and play alongside his dad, I'm pretty damn sure somebody he would have said, you know, I may not go that direction. Now, to Chandler's point and to, and to what you said, villain, at the end of the day, Nobody's going to sit here and act like the fact that he's getting all this publicity and being able to go to Duke and, and Villanova and, and, and all the other places because his last name is James. But let's not, let's not be boo-boo the fool here. The brother can actually ball. So at the end of the day, again, both statements can be true. You know, LeBron James wanting to hang on and play with his dad, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily call him selfish because that's the desire of his. And he's in a position to make that happen and make that a reality. But also on, on the flip side, you know, we'll have to see what's going on with the L.A. Lakers, man. It, it sucks to see them in this type of position. Um, you know, again, the Lakers are a, a decent franchise, and we all understand, you know, when they're good, it, it's good for the league. But I, I, I think both statements can be true, and I, and I really want to shy away, if you will, from, from, from calling them selfish or something like that because he has a desire to play with a son. I, 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 I can't vibe with that one. I don't know if Bronny's that good. I mean, I, I, I rarely see him play. I've seen, like, one or two highlights. I mean, it doesn't, he doesn't really, like, I don't, I don't move heaven and earth to see him play and to see how good he is. Like, you know, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a high school kid. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, when he gets to college, we'll talk. You know what I mean? But, um, if you think both statements can be true, I think both statements can be true that he is kind of selfish. LeBron's always been selfish. If he wasn't selfish, he would have he would still have been in Cleveland the first time or stayed in Miami. And when he promised eight championships, he left so he can get a championship for himself. He didn't want to get it for anybody else. 
So I, you know, you can be selfish too. I mean, and and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like everybody should be selfish at some point. You know what I mean? Like that that that's not a knock on him. Um, you know, Jordan was selfish for stuff that he did. You know what I mean? He was selfish running to to Atlantic City after Game Two in, in the uh, finals against the Knicks. Like it's selfish. Like it, it happens. Like you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Mike. Talk to you about the, the state of the Lakers. We gotta let you get your, 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 your. Let it just let it go, brother. Let it go. Just, just go in. Go ahead. So, man, listen. The, the, the there's a couple things going here. First of all, LeBron is still playing this game at a very, very high level uh, right now. But the problem is two things. A the decisions that he wanted to make. Hold on one second, y'all. Uh, As we wait for Mr. Harvey, I think he's he's. Yeah, he's my, my my bad. Somebody's coming home, and I'm sitting downstairs, and the dogs are going crazy. Uh, so no, the 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 problem is the decisions that LeBron kind of tried to jump in with the general manager and try to. You know, be a GM as well. You know, we want Anthony Davis. We want Russell Westbrook. This roster is very, very poorly constructed, as I've been saying for, you know, two seasons as long as we've been doing this. Um, And so the blame goes twofold. There's some blame on LeBron. And there's also blame on Polinka and the front office for – allowing these moves to be made. I understand so you're trying to do what you can do to appease your star and all this kind of stuff. I just, you know, I, I was sad that that Magic left when he did because I don't think that this, uh, these same moves and these things would have been, would have played out the exact same way that they have. Um, and really, I agree with Timeless in that I, I don't know where this team goes. Like, you know, Barry, you asked me a couple times on Crossover Cafe and on other shows that we did on this very show last year, how do you fix this? And I'm like, well, you don't have any draft picks. Now people are saying, you know, you can read and people are saying, do they really want to help this guy win? They need to sacrifice, you know, first-round draft picks in 27 and 29. It's like, man, you only got two first-round draft picks left in this decade already. <laughs> And one and one of them, the Pelicans can swap with you if you have a higher pick than them. So the 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 future is very bleak for this franchise. They they mortgage their future to get Anthony Davis. Um, they double down on that and and mortgage the future whatever would come next like uh i don't even know um to get russell westbrook and try to fit a square peg in a round hole uh the future is very very bleak uh for this franchise and it's really sad because this is this has been a, a proud franchise for a long time you know they're tied for the most championships in the league they've got the most final appearances uh, of any team in basketball, you know, this has been a team that has won or has expected to contend for titles year in and year out. 
and when they don't, it's a disappointment. Well, if that's the case, then I think Lakers fans and people alike need to prepare to be disappointed for a really long time. And, and the sad thing is, uh, villain, is basketball is the one sport that you should be able to rebuild faster than any other sport because it only takes five guys at a time on the court. You don't have nine like you do in baseball in a long rotation. You don't have 22 starters on the field like you do in in football. I, so it, it doesn't take as many. But where are you going to get them? I mean, maybe the, the only way that I can see them trying to rebuild this thing at some point, whether it be uh, when LeBron's gone, after Russ is gone, if you blow this up and you can get a few free agents to come back and you can convince them that they are the pieces to help restore the tradition to this uh, very, very proud franchise. Uh, but if we're not careful, we're going to be calling them uh, a once proud franchise, and they're going to be, you know, part of the also range of the NBA. It, it's very, very sad to see. Uh, like I said, this is a team that's been good for a long, long time. Uh, but poor roster construction, uh, poor planning, and unfortunately, the results are speaking for itself. The Clippers ten in a row against the Lakers. Now, if you told me the Lakers beat the Clippers ten times in a row, I get that. Right, but ten in a row to the Clippers, and don't get me wrong, Clippers are talented, but the Clippers ten in a row, but it's it's sad, it's really frustrating as a fan of this franchise and a person that's been a fan of this franchise ever since I really knew what basketball was since the Showtime days and everything else. It's sad to see how far the mighty have fallen. And and now it's like the old commercial that you guys saw back in the 90s. Uh, remember the uh, the old commercials for the life alert? And the, uh, the old lady says, I've fallen and I can't get up. That's what's going on <laughs> with the Lakers franchise right now. I mean, you're not wrong. And, you know, um, LeBron's along for the ride, man. I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happens. I don't know if he forces his way out. If um, I, I just don't know. I, I feel like he he he's trying to to tough it out with these guys because it is the Lakers. But you know because he he kind of said he would. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I mean, timeless. I mean, I I I don't know. I don't know where. where I really don't know what his plan would be after, you know, after he breaks the record and, and if he wants to keep winning. I, I don't know what the plan is. They have a little bit of cap space once they get uh, Westbrook off the books, so they could rebuild it next year, but he's a year older. You know what I mean? You still got Anthony Davis who, yeah, he's a year older too, but he's never healthy. I mean, you know, you'd have to bubble tape that, you know, you know, with that guy, you have to put him in, like you're mailing him out in a package. You have to put so much bubble wrap around that guy. He still get hurt. I mean, Thomas, I, you know, where, where does, what does LeBron do? Um, the one thing I really want to say, and he's going to do is play until he slows down. And it's hard to say that right now because he hasn't slowed down. But, um, the sad part about it is I think whenever the ray of light comes through there, he is done with the Lakers. He is done. He has done this too many times. Uh, when the game is out of reach, 
that he leaves them out there by themselves. He don't shake nobody's hand. He walks straight to the locker room. Forget fans, everybody. I don't care what you say. I'm walking to this locker room without y'all. If you want to use that selfish term, fine, cool, but I think he's done with that Lakers team. He's done this in the playoffs and the Suns beat they tell, and they went to the NBA Finals. He's doing this now as of last night. They were down to the Clippers, could not come back. He walked straight to that locker room. Screw everybody. That game was still going off. You're the captain of the team. You're one of the greatest players of all time, and you don't want to see it through. You know you're getting your butt kicked. If it's up to you, just launch a three. He had nine threes last night. If that's what you want to do, this is your total aim or just knocking Kareem off the, the pedestal of being up there, then what else happens, LeBron? Like, what else happens? I get it that your name is stapled, uh, etched in stone, however you want to look at it. But right now, the way that this is blowing up, you're not ending your career how Kareem ended it. Kareem left in 89. The Lakers went to that least to the Western Conference. I think they made the finals that year and lost to the Pistons, if I'm not mistaken. Magic left on, on without it, but it still, it still went to the finals. Like, even Carl Malone, when, when Sirius brought that up, Carl Malone was her NBA Finals with the Lakers. It didn't end bad like that. Like, a lot of people ain't ending on bad situations. LeBron, you're in a situation where you made this bed. It ain't like the, the front office made the bed for you. You wanted it like this, and now that you mortgage everything, the Lakers, I hate to say this, and I'm glad that this is a safe space for me to say it right now, the Lakers will be the Dallas Cowboys after 1996 on. Well, you know wow. what? Is is the thing is, had he been willing to play with some of those young players, he could be in a position now to be going back to the finals for the next five years. Because you had Brandon Ingram. You had Brandon Ingram. You didn't need Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. You just needed to actually be a leader that you claim to be. You needed to be a leader and teach those young boys how to play. But you didn't want that. You wanted a microwave, easy-bake oven championship. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And because you got – look at the look at the players. Jordan Clarkson, really good player. Boy, they could use him right now because they need somebody who could shoot. Brandon Ingram, they could use him. Well, he still plays more he games than Anthony Davis. Although he's yeah, he can't stay healthy. guys that he's helped get rid of over the years who went other places and have turned into really good players. All players that, wow, you know, we could use that guy. I sure wish we had us a, a Wiggins. I sure wish we had us a, a Kuzma. I sure wish we had us a dude you had them. But you yeah. wanted the easy bake oven. Okay, so unless um, a team like a Detroit a and that's not Oklahoma, um, um, a Knicks, a, uh, a team that's right on the periphery of the playoffs, decide that they want to go all in and tank it for Wimbanyana, right? And they're willing to basically give you all of their good players, right? So they can keep losing to get all them ping pong balls. Um, yeah, bro, you in the lottery. You in the lottery, bro. And, and giving that you, pick to the Pelicans. Exactly, yep. and you did this. You did this. And let me just say this to Sirius. Sirius, I've known you for years. I've known Barry for years. I would, I would say you're both good fathers, not because I'm guessing, but because I know you. Please don't ascribe your quality to somebody else, okay? 
Um, I remember when both of Michael Jordan's sons, when they got old enough to talk, and I'm not talking about the clown that's dating uh, Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. We ain't getting into him because he's just been he, he, he been he been doing dumb stuff for a while. All right. And, and yeah, if, that, if, that, if that relationship keeps coming up in my feed, I'm going to get pissed because yeah. I'm tired of seeing that shit. I'm saying. I'm saying. But both of them said that they never even really wanted to play basketball. There was an expectation that they would. You understand what I'm saying? So it wasn't no conversation we had. They were going to play basketball, and they didn't really want to. So I don't know if the conversations that you or Barry would have with your son have been had. That's why I use the word selfish. Because what is a 16-year-old kid supposed to say when people stick up cameras and say, do you want to play with your dad? What's he going to say? Seriously. I mean, you could be right. But I've seen the opposite too many times with people who there's this expectation when you come from a certain type of family that this is what you're going to do. It's the family business. This is what we do. And that that information isn't always what what the 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 next generation wants is all I'm saying, and that's why I'm saying it's being selfish because I keep hearing I want I want I want I don't hear a damn thing about what his son wants coming out of his mouth. All I hear is about what he wants. That's all I hear. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the Lakers, unless Rob Palenka gets the Pistons to give him, well, Kenny Cunningham's hurt, but they got some kids. No, if he can get the Rockets to give him, uh, what's the kid's name, Green, um, the kid no, Porter. No, 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 no. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Unless you can talk the, the, the Magic and they're giving you Boncaro, right? <laughs> you in the lottery. <laughs> the lottery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see how he could fix it. And you know, TP's right. You know, he does kind of run and hide, um, especially when things are going bad. But I mean, even the championship game team from a couple of years ago during the COVID, I bet he would like to have Caruso and Kuzma um, and Danny Green on his team. At least that team defended, and all they had to do was worry about trying to get the, the buckets. I mean, um, we're a long way from that. And yeah, he made this mess. That's what. That's what kind of makes it hard for me to, to feel bad for him because he, he makes these messes. He forces, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and the and the Heat or the, the Lakers to make all these moves to win now because I'm a win-now guy. But now it's, like, getting to the point where you're at the tail end of your career. I can't build around you long-term, but I now I have nothing to build around you short-term, I, you know, because you want me to use all my assets to build around you now. I, there's nothing here. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a winless and useless in a, in a lose-lose situation that they, there's no way to dig out of. Um, that's like what I said, they have that. a little bit of wiggle room next year because that big contract of Westbrook is coming off the books. But you have no draft capital because you got to give that to the Pelicans. So it's, it's, it's not that's easy. Makes, it's going to be tough. That's what makes me mad when I hear this about maybe he's done with the Lakers or he's frustrated or whatever. And it's like, dude, you had a part in doing this. Like, you created this. I now, general managers had to uh, agree, but you played a hand in, in putting this together. I mean, it, it's like they always say, it, it takes work. It, you could have built a sustainable window if you didn't mortgage the future for that one championship. Um, but, you know, you create this mess, you want to be done with it, so you want to just, you know, walk away from uh, the mess you made. That's really going to teach your son and anybody else about accountability. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, like it, it's just uh, it's bleak, man. Yeah, and and you know, it, it is what it is. He he, like you said, you made this mess. And I don't want to hear about like the GM had to sign off. You think a GM has a choice with LeBron James? You really think that a GM has any kind of quote unquote power, LeBron James? You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? Tell him no. So I mean, you know, you're damned if you do, and you're fired if you don't. So um, that's 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 the bottom line. Call number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. I hope he gets the, the record, um, you know, pretty soon. Because but after that, this team is unwatchable. Like I'll see him on TV for a couple games, probably in the next week or two, and, and this team is unwatchable. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, PHI Apparel. We're getting into the the witching hour, I guess you can call it, if you you know you know if you watch Red Zone uh, witching hour. But um, I, I want to definitely talk some football before we get on out of here. Uh, good 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 conversation. Come with and wins become losses. <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> and losses become wins. Uh, you know, shout out to those guys. They do a great job. Um. Well, yeah. Listen. Um, so, yeah, he is. He is. He's a machine. He's an absolute machine. But the 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 votes the 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 finalists for the NFL um, honors awards came out today. So we got um I got my computer going crazy. But we got the the we got the most valuable player, the defensive player of the year, um you know coach of the year, all that. The finalists for that. So I want to go down the list really quickly. You don't have to give me a long reason why, but I want to get through most of these. Um. So TP, I'll, I'll start with you. So, um, let's just do. You know, we'll go through the whole. We'll go through the list. We'll go through the list. So, um, I'll I'll start with um, I'll start with comeback player of the year, right? So they got the comeback player of the year: Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Geno Smith. TP, who wins that award? Um, if you're talking, oh, yeah. is, is, no, you can hear me. Uh, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm off me right now. Um, yeah, you're good. You're good. If, if anything, I gotta go with Gino. I gotta go with Gino. Gino, Gino really? played to the fact that he played himself into a contract, got a team into the playoffs, and even in here in Sports City, and even at the barbershop, everybody thought Seattle was gonna be the first pick in the 2023 draft. Look mm-hmm. at Seattle now. This dude's completion percentage was top. This dude played good ball after all of the bad football I've seen him play here in the state of New York on two different teams, Giants and Jets. I never thought Geno would play himself into a, a team and be the guy. I think Geno is now the quarterback after. This is like life after Russ. You know how Biggie made life after death. This is life after Russ. And I think Seattle's content. I don't think you want to hear DK talk anymore. I don't think DK's ready to leave. I don't think Tyler Lockett's going to be ready to leave Seattle. I'm, I'm going with Geno. I think Geno is actually the leaderboard in Vegas right now, too. So, watch it. I mean, that's interesting. Um, Chandler, comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Geno Smith. Um, it should be Saquon simply because Geno cost me $70 that weekend. Um, he, the one game he decided to be terrible all season, the bastard. <laughs> but, no, it's probably going to be <laughs> – it's probably going to be Geno Smith because it was so unlikely with Geno. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we kind of hoped and thought that at some point Saquon would, 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 would be Saquon again. 
Nobody saw this coming from Geno, so it's got to be Geno. Interesting. So, right, so you got comeback player of the year, Saquon, Geno, or McCaffrey? You know what? I'm going to double tap on what Chandler and TP said. I, it's going to be Geno, but I will say this. With the fact that Christian McCaffrey is in his first uh, conference final um, and has a chance to go to the Super Bowl, that, that may persuade some voters because he's a beloved guy, but I think Geno Smith should and will ultimately win this thing. Okay, uh, so we got three votes for Geno. Wow, if you, if we were – that would be three to two already, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Michael, who do you got? Um, Barkley, McCaffrey, Geno. I mean, honestly, I think in any other year, I would uh, probably go with Saquon because McCaffrey, like, nobody doubted what he could do. It's just could he stay on the field. Saquon, people were wondering if he had really lost it, if he had his explosiveness there. But I just think – uh, that for the same reasons TP said, and we said this multiple times. People Seth. thought that people thought that uh, the Seattle was going to be in the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud uh, sweepstakes, and this guy has had been relegated to nothing more than a backup uh, over the last several seasons. And so for him to come back, be a starter, play at a high enough level, and take a team to the playoffs that people thought was going to be a top five team. I think you have to go with Gino. I would go with Saquon any other season, but I think Gino uh, just excelled enough that he has to be there. I I would I would I would think Gino would win it, but he kind of faltered a little bit at the end, a little bit. Um, kind of came back down to earth. I listen. I think Barkley did too. He kind of you know his first what ten or so games he had he was putting up electric numbers, and then his numbers came down, but. I, I listen. I, obviously, it's a little Giants bias, but I think coming off of those devastating knee injuries, um, I don't know how you don't give it. I think Gino has a really good shot to get it, but just because of the injuries that he came off of, and then being, you know, you know, putting up the numbers, uh, I think second in the league in rushing all Pro Bowl year. I think I think Barkley's gonna kind of edge out uh, Gino. I think it's gonna be close. Though. I think it's gonna be a pretty close vote. This will be a that's a very interesting. Um, that's going to be a very interesting uh, vote at the end of the day. So we got the two rookie of the year's offensive defense. I'm going to go offense first, TP. Um, the nominees for offensive rookie of the year are Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker the third, and Garrett Wilson. Pretty good list there. Who do you think is going to steal it? Michigan kid, man. I'm going with Kenny Walker, man. This boy is a home run hitter. If he sees daylight, he's gone. Purdy turned this on late in the season. I can't give him, I think, a good seven games of play. And Wilson has done a decent job in New York with the Jets, but the way that they fell off the wagon at the end of the season, it just it just upset me altogether with the Jets organization. But I can't really put the full team's capacity on Wilson's back. But I, I got to go with Kenneth Walker and the consistency of him playing. And he was basically one of the biggest staples of that offense outside of the passing game. So I'm, I'm giving it to Kenny Walker. Michael, who do you got, Purdy, Walker, or Wilson? I would probably vote for Walker for the same reason that TP said, but I believe that the winner is probably going to be Brock Purdy because the quarterback position gets glorified. He's undefeated as a starter, so I believe he's probably going to win the award. Interesting, interesting. Serious, who do you got, Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker the third, or Garrett Wilson? 
You know, honestly, Kenneth Walker should win this, um, and I, I think he probably will. I, I will say this, though, as, as, as a retort. The fact that Chris Olave is not on this list right now is baffling me, but I digress. Kenneth Walker wants it. Chandler, Walker, Purdy, or Wilson? Yeah, I'm serious. There's no way hell Brock Purdy should be on this list. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But I would go Wilson. I'm going Wilson because he played with a competent quarterback for all of three games this year and still put up numbers. So I'm going Wilson. Olave That's should a be fair. on that list ahead of Purdy. Say that again, Mike. Olave should be on that list ahead of Purdy. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know how Olave gets on. And, and really, it's because, you know, he's won the last, what, five, six games that he played, and he's got this team in the championship game. But he, he doesn't have a full season body of work to make me want to put him as an offensive rookie of the year. I mean, there's there's other quarter, rookie quarterbacks that had probably a better year than he did. So, um, I, I don't, I can't, I, it's hard for me to say Purdy. I think Walker gets it. For, to come where he was, where Rashad Penny was, the guy on that offense as a running back. Like, they thought that that was going to be the guy that was going to be the only offensive weapon because they didn't think they had a quarterback in Geno that can get Lockett and, and that beast, um, Metcalf, the ball. They thought they were going to lean on Purdy a, a penny a lot. And for Walker to come and, and just really solidify himself as the number one and, and a pretty darn good running back, I think this kid gets it. I, I really like the year that he had. He has the stats, too. But shout-out to Garrett Wilson. Um, Chandler's right. Like, really, no quarterback throwing to him for a majority of the year, and and he would still, it would it got to a point where it's like I was an idiot for taking him out of my fantasy lineup. I stole him late, and I was an idiot for taking him out of the lineup because he put in work every week. He was he was something special. So, but we got defensive rookie of the year, um, TP. So we got Stoss Gardner from the New York Jets, Aiden Aiden Hutchinson, and Tariq. Woolen from uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks guys, they got some, they they put in some some players, huh? They got a guy at every position so far. So, uh, you know, Sauce Hutchinson, Tyreek, uh, TP. Who do you got? Um, I think Sauce is gonna get it, but I hope they split that down the middle because you you haven't seen a defensive end come into the league like this since Nick Bosa, and the mm. stats that Nick Bosa had in his rookie season, and they gave him the credit. Hutchinson has better stats than he has in that rookie season. So I'm hoping that they look at that. But the way that Sauce played throughout the season, he carried that Jets team throughout the early portion of the season and going up against some quality receivers as a rookie. Got to give him a ton of respect. But I feel like they should split this. But I I think it favors Sauce. But Aiden definitely has a definite argument. And and for him to be a DN, he has three picks on the season. And one of them was against Rodgers, even though Rodgers gave him a gimme. But still, like, for him to be a DN and to get three picks in the season is another thing, but I think this is sauce to lose unless the uh, the committee does something crazy. We'll see. Interesting. Serious, who you got? Sauce? You got Hutchinson or you got Terry Woolen? You know, honestly, at the end of the day, I, I think Sauce wins it. Um, but again, TP hit the nail on the head. God damn, Terry did. Um, I think TP hit the nail on the head. Hutchinson for what he was able to accomplish um, in, in Detroit, um, again, it's, it's, it's no, it's no, it's no knock on that. So um, I do think Sauce wins it, but if they gave it to Hutchinson, I, I wouldn't be mad at him. Yeah, um, 
Michael Michael Harvey. Who do you got? Sauce Hutchinson or or, or Tyreek? Man, he's not government. Uh, no, nah, I think Howie uh, <laughs> Sauce, man. Listen, physical corner, uh, very bright future, tall, physical. Rangey did a very good job for that defense. That jet defense was really good. But I agree with everything said about Hutchinson. And it's funny because some people said going into the draft that he might fall and that maybe there were some other defensive ends that were, that were better than him. You can't argue with the production from Aiden Hutchinson. I, I agree with TP. I hope they split it down the middle, but I think it's probably going to go to Sauce, especially playing in the bright lights in New York. Yeah. Um, who do you got, Chandler? Uh, Sauce, you got Hutchinson, or you got uh, Tariq? I got Sauce Hutchinson or Aiden Gardner. <laughs> it's got to go to both of them. It has to. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. Because – you can't really say one was better than the other. They were equally great. So to me, you got this needs to be a co. It needs to be a co thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I I I I think Sauce will probably take it, but I agree with you guys and 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 TP. Um, and shame on people that that thought that Aiden Aiden was going to be a bust in this league because what what they think they saw at Michigan. This kid, he's got a motor. He's a good kid. He works his behind off. He's going to make that Lions defense really good for at least ten years or more to come. So I hope they split this down the middle. But Sauce, you know, being a top pick, being a corner, um, and, and was every bit as good as everybody thought he would be. So I I really do hope they split it. But if they don't split it, I think Sauce is going to take it. Um, hey, hey, Barry, here. Yeah, go ahead. The reason they started knocking Aiden Hutchinson is for the same things that they did with Christian McCaffrey. They didn't want to give him credit for being athletic because he was white. Just like they wouldn't <laughs> give Christian McCaffrey credit for being – let's be honest, man. Now, they yeah, they no, they wanted to keep him on his intelligence and everything else. No, they didn't want to give him credit for being that physic- a freakishly gifted player because he was white. Yeah. Yeah, they, and and it's 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 that reverse racism that kind of works in our favor, but um, yeah, it's it's weird because this kid, like I I I told TP when I saw him on the first episode of Hard Knocks, I was like, you're gonna love this kid, like this kid is something, and and we we were not proven wrong. This kid got better as the year progressed. I think the first couple games, you kind of you know, it's that growing pains. It's like, hey, you're going up against a good tackle every week and blah blah blah. But at, when he figured it out. It was on. He he was he was lights out. Um, so you got coach of the year, um, a long list. TP, uh, you got Dable, Brian Dable from the Giants, Sean McDermott from the Bills, Doug Peterson from the Jaguars, pretty good pick. Kyle Shanahan from the Forty ers and Nick Sirianni for the Eagles. Who do you got, TP, as the coach of the year? Stop it. Who's who's our uh, sponsor? PHI Apparel. PHI Apparel. Okay, just just to make sure that you got that down because for them to be luckily spotted a spot last year into the playoffs and going to Tampa and got whooped up on to be on top of the NFL and they coach got so much confidence that he told the referee, I know what the F I'm doing. I could be down here and bobbing his head <laughs> up and down, yes, like I know what I'm doing in this game and, and setting the whole Giants on fire in that game. Sirianni is that dude, and he got a new swagger to coaching like him. And like Dan Campbell, the way that they brought like swagger to coaching this year is unheard of. We, you know, a lot of these coaches play by the book and hard nose, hard ass, so on and so forth. They smooth now, 
And I got to give Sirianni his due, man, for what he was able to do with Philly in just a year's time to turn them around. And these guys could potentially go to the uh, Super Bowl with all that they did face with injuries, so on and so forth, and nothing really missed a beat. I, I got to give him his credit. I got to give him their due. Chandler, who do you got for Coach of the Year? You got Dable, McDermott, Peterson, Shanahan, uh, Sirianni. Um, I don't think Sirianni should be there. I don't think uh, 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 Peterson should be there. Um, it should be Dable and Dan Campbell is who it should be. Brian Dable took a roster that most people thought would be competing for the number one pick, and he won a playoff game with him. Dan Campbell took a team – Everybody thought it was going to be another bottom feeder, okay, and had them some really bad officiating calls in, in the Seattle game away from making the playoffs with Jared Goff, who everybody laughs at and says he's a bum, okay? So it should be those two guys. The rest of them, I'm not trying to hear Kyle Shanahan as coach of the year. you got to load a damn roster. I'm not trying to hear about you right now. No, no, it should be Campbell and Dayball. Dayball's going to win it. Dayball better win it. But Dan Campbell should be on that list. Okay, interesting. Uh, Serious, who do you got? Dable, McDermott, Peterson, Shanahan, Sirianni. You know, honestly, my vote, you know, has always been um, for Brian Dable, but to go against the brand a little bit, I'm going to say Dougie Peterson. And to be painfully honest with you, for, for Doug Peterson to go into Jacksonville, and resurrect that team after the the, the nonsense that's been going on uh, for for mm-hmm. a period of time, and nothing short of spectacular. Not only did they get into the playoffs, but they came back and, and won a game um, after starting the way they, they they started. And so again, I believe Brian Dable wins it. I believe he should win it. I, I've said that here on this network. I've said this all over the place. I think Brian Devils should win it. But at the end of the day, Dougie Peterson needs to really, really get some get some burn here. No, no, no shade to Nick Sirianni, uh, McDermott. He needs to be so far off this list. Not even funny. Same thing with Kyle Shanahan. But at the end of the day, my money is on uh, Brian Devils to win it. But again, Dougie Peterson. Just to go against the grain here, I, I I think Dougie Peterson should probably come in second. Not Dougie, that Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh, <laughs> Dougie, Dougie. Yeah, Mike, who do you got, Mike? Uh, now listen, I, I if if uh, Sirius hadn't done it, I was going to give a shout to Peterson. Uh, he and I both mentioned Jacksonville a couple of times, even in the preseason. Uh, nice job turning them around, but to me, it has to be Brian Dayball, man. I mean, listen, we we were here a year ago listening to the villain, like, cry about a very low point in his Giants fandom. Listen, I, I was worried for a minute that he was almost at as low a point in his Giant fandom as I am as a Lakers fan right now, but it wasn't quite that low. Uh but it was listen. Times were tough in New York, so you bring in this guy. He definitely, to me, he maximized. Uh, he got the most out of everybody he had on his team, uh, for the most part. This team definitely overachieved. And listen, shout out to Sirianni on this list. They, they were a playoff team last year. You know they they uh, you know they were able to build on that. Um, they got another another really big wide receiver. 
to go along with that, and Jalen Hurts took another step. And so big ups to Sirianni, too. I would put Zach Taylor on this list before I put uh, put Sean McDermott on there. But I would go with uh, Dayball and then flip a coin for a second between uh, Dougie Fresh and uh, and your boy from uh, Sirianni for Philly. Yeah, I don't know how Zach Taylor doesn't get more burn on this on this list, but to me, Dable's the guy. I mean, I like Peterson as a pick. I think Sirius makes a great point. As low as the Giants were, the Jaguars were just as low with uh, Urban Meyer getting fired midseason and, and the hell that that franchise was in and almost squandering their number one pick and their quarterback to have them into the playoffs. Um with a late season push, they were low at the what? They were what three and seven at, at one point this year, and, and got into the playoffs, took that division, um, and then um, winning their first round game. Uh, Doug Peterson deserves a lot of credit for fixing that quarterback and fixing that franchise. But Dable did more with less. Um, you know, and Barry, let me give you one more thing. Good. I'm sorry. Go Before you jump to the next one, with Doug Peterson as his coach, uh, in in the next couple years. Trevor Lawrence may be better than Josh Allen since he doesn't have Dable anymore. We'll see. We'll see because Dable was a big factor for, for uh, Josh Allen. I don't think Ken Dorsey's getting it. He's not cutting the mustard. But I, I like Dable, man. I, I really do. And it's not, and like I said, it's not a homer thing. It's just I see it. You know, the, 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 the total culture change that Dable brought in from day one, it wasn't fake like uh, Joe Judge. He did a masterful job getting that team to, to win games and believe uh, – to him and shout out to the coaches on this list. I think they all did a, a really good job. But I agree, Zach Taylor should be on that list. He should be a finalist. But um, we got offense and defensive players of the year. I, I want to go quick. Um, TP, let's start defense because uh, defense wins championship. Quarterbacks win Super Bowls. But uh, uh, defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones from the Can- from the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting pick and Micah Parsons, linebacker Cowboys. Um, TP, who do you got? Nick Bosa, and it's not even close. Everybody put your hands in. This might be unanimous. Nicholas Bosa and all of the the questionable views of the Bosa brothers that's got going on. Nick is the one outshining his older brother. Joey don't even look like a Bosa, <laughs> like for real. Nick Bosa is really that guy. And, and the one thing about it is you get a lot of defensive ends that just get upfield, and if they're out of the play, they're out of the play. Bosa still can get downfield, make tackles. He's a nightmare for – quarterbacks and running backs that are sitting back there dancing. He's going to get it to happen and build like a robot. So Nick Bosa, and it, it's not even close. I mean, Michael Parsons had a good start to the season. He slowed down. Bosa kept his energy all season long, and I think that defense starts with Nicholas Bosa. If he goes down, they be 2-14, and 2-15 like they were that year when he got hurt against the Jets, and that was the end of the season for the Niners. This is Nick Bosa, and it's his turn, and, and – the sun is on him right now out there in the Bay. Bosa. That part. Serious. Yeah, serious. Who you got? Bosa. Bosa, Bosa, Bosa. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a queen sweep. Uh, Mike, Michael, who you got? I just told you that part. I agree. <laughs> oh, man. Taylor, who do you think uh, uh defensive player of the year? Fred Warner. Linebacker for the Niners. I like that. Really? Really? Yeah, best like you got to pick somebody on the list. You got to pick somebody on the list. Oh, Bosa is going to win, but it should be Fred Warner. Fred Warner is amazing, man. I don't get to watch him enough. 
But watching him these last two playoff games, man, that guy is like you. Re- Patrick Willis reincarnated, but even more athletic. That guy is amazing. Um, Nick Bosa, 18 and a half sacks. Ch- uh, Parsons has what 13 uh, in one more game. Um, you know, Parsons is is the sexy pick. Everybody talks about him. Everybody thinks he's the next coming at LT. Pause. Um, Nick Bosa had a tremendous year for a tremendous defense. Uh, his motor went, didn't slow down. Nick Bosa, hands down. Offensive player of the year. This one is actually pretty interesting, too. Quarterback shouldn't be able to win. Um, they're going to give it to a guy that really puts up the stats. But, TP, you got Tyreek Hill. You got Jalen Hurts. You got Justin Jefferson and Patrick Mahomes uh, from State Farm. Uh, TP, who you got? If you're talking on mute. I sure was talking on mute. Um, Justin Jefferson, because I know Patrick Mahomes is going to get the MVP. Um, he was basically the strongest reason for Minnesota's success. Uh, as much as I try to give Dalvin Cook credit, it wasn't Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins get a lot of credit, but this dude takes too many sacks and winning games by one possession, barely by the skin of his teeth. And Minnesota's defense is horrible, so they got to put up a ton of points. And they go to one jersey and one jersey only, and that's Justin Jefferson's jersey. In the middle of Buffalo, the one-handed grab. Against Detroit, he put up 200-some-odd yards. Every team he's been playing against, he's been putting up a gaudy amount of numbers, man. It, Justin Jefferson, I, I feel like, should deserve it and win it. Oh, that's you. Who's 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 that? Justin Jefferson. Wait until you called on. <laughs> okay, guys. Serious, who you got? You know what? I'm gonna go against the grain here. I'm gonna go Tyree Kill. I think honestly, at the end okay. of the day, no shade against Justin Jefferson, no shade against Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. I, I I think Tyree Kill is the most dynamic wide receiver in in, in today's game. Um, he dominates. Targets, he dominates uh, receptions. Um, you know, it doesn't matter really who's throwing him the rock. He just dominates the football. Um, and I really don't see, again, no, no shade against Justin Jefferson, but for, for my money, it, it's time to go. Interesting. Chandler, who do you got? You got Hurts. You got Tyree Kill. You got Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. It's got to be Justin Jefferson just for the fact that he made the Holy Ghost dancing uh, something that people are doing on the side of the I ain't never seen a gritty before. You ever been to a black church? You've seen your auntie and your grandma do the same damn thing when they get the Holy Ghost. Hilarious. 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 Listen, um, I can't pick Tyreek Hill because um, Jefferson's numbers are better. Uh, he's got more catches and more yards. Jefferson was flirting with Megatron that Megatron season. TP, what year was that? That was um, I can't even remember. 2014. I think it's 2014. 2014. Like when you're ta- when you're talking about in that season, it, it's got to be Justin Jefferson. And it, it's a shame that he won't get more consideration for the MVP because it's more of a quarterback uh, uh, award nowadays, but the numbers he were putting he was putting up were gaudy. Um, you know, it's hard to put up over 100 uh, <clears throat> yards a game. It's hard. And he and he did, made it look easy. So I, I got Jefferson. All right, MVP. The list, five guys made the finals. My, my, my list, 
uh, I thought it was going to be a little different, but it's pretty much the way I thought it was going to go, TP. It was Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, shout out to Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes. So uh, some of the guys that were in Offensive Player of the Year made this list, but Josh Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Jefferson, Mahomes. TP, who wins it? Um, as much as the strong of a case that Joe Burrow has put together to round out this season, I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. And we all seen what happened this weekend. Once he tweaked his ankle, it's like everybody's at the edge of their seat, like how the Chiefs going to hold it together. And they put Henny in and he still looked okay, but it just wasn't the same, you know, engine inside the Lamborghini. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like they put a Honda in the Lamborghini. He's like, no, don't do that. It's... Mahomes brings too much of the game for that team. And for him to keep hitting Kelsey that much in the first half, like he could kill you with one player and you know what's happening and it's still going to go down because he's that efficient to make it happen. I thought that they would fall off with Tyreek being gone. They did not miss a beat. They actually got stronger. Patrick Mahomes Jr. Yeah. Uh, Chandler, who do you got? Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Jefferson, Mahomes. Oh, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. You're talking MVP, right? Yes, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Serious, who you got? You know, I think Mahomes wins it, but I really want to see Jalen Hurts get that get that trophy, man. I, I just think that everything that he's had to overcome and everything that he's dealt with and, and to lead the Philadelphia Eagles to the record that he's led them to, um, I really want to see Jalen Hurts get it, so I think I think Mahomes will win it. But I'm a, I'm gonna tip my cap and get my vote for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, Mr. Harvey. Who you got, brother? Well, I tip a cap to Hurts as well, and I think it has to be Mahomes. Though, you know, listen, if if uh, Justin Jefferson had had been able to get in that Megatron stratosphere and been able to break those numbers, then this might have been the year that I'd really considered a receiver for MVP and then a quarterback for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But I'd probably go – it has to go to Mahomes. He's your MVP. Number one yeah, seed, mean, AFC, think... toughest conference. Yeah. Toughest, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough to give it to Hurts because he, he, he missed a couple of games. Mahomes really didn't. Um, I feel like this is Mahomes' uh, award to lose. I, I mean, Burrow, man, if he didn't have that like kind of slow start, uh, he would have it. Allen kind of had a kind of rough end to the year. I think too many uh, too many turnovers was going to plague him. Um, Justin Jefferson, you have you have to put up a career year as a receiver just to get into this list. You know what I mean? That's how hard it is for a receiver or running back at running back at this point to win it. So. I, I do. I think Mahomes is going to take it. I really think he's going to take it. But yeah, that's that's the award. It's going to be fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, in, in I think in a week or two uh, after this championship series, um, two really good games. Um, you know, TP. Uh, anything you want to bring up before we we can head on out here, or you guys want to talk about these games? I mean, I, I'm cooked. I'm good. Uh, whatever you guys want to do. I, I got to save that for the bunch. We got to bring it till until Sunday after you get out of church. 
Get out of chat? Yeah. You just come on in. I don't know. I get out late, man. I get out late. That's the problem, oh, JP. I try to get so out where you were, so I can talk. When you close, well, when you close out, you can give us your your, your thoughts and scores and opinions. Oh, you won't get anything out of me. I got I got to keep that that sauce on the on the stove. I got to keep it going, man. I got to stir this pot. You feel? I got to stir the pot, man. Food for thought. Hopefully, you still do your dishes. Do the dishes. I have a yeah, I got a question for TP. Uh-oh. How many damn outfielders do the Minnesota Twins need? I know, bro. Don't even get me started, <laughs> retarded. And then, and then I, I, I forgive me for saying retarded people. Please, I don't mean that. I'm just figure of speech. But um, oh. there's, a, um, there's a Twins, like, column that said, oh, we're keeping the Rolls Royce in the garage. So that's why we brought Taylor in. It's like, okay. So you're going to bring Taylor in. And this guy's a gold glove with center fielder. So you're going to do that with Buxton. Buxton's got to – he needs to play, keep himself, like, loose. And then you don't know what you're going to do with Kepler. Do we get rid of him as a good batter or what? And if if Taylor's hitting good and playing the field well, what, who do you move to right? Like, and that's Buxton's home at center field. That's kind of how I felt like Torrey Hunter, like, when Torrey was there. It's like, don't move Torrey. And then they, they traded Torrey to the Angels. It was like, I don't get rid of Buxton either. So, I don't know what the Twins are up to. They need pitching. They need the rotation to go. And they, they worried about the outfield. Like, they got Miranda and them out there in the outfield. Like, what are you worried about the outfield for right now? I I, I don't get it. This organization. And Joe Giles. Like, dude, you got seven outfielders. Bro, I'm I'm going sick. Miranda, hit, he hits the crap out of the ball. If y'all ain't seen Miranda play ball, oh, my goodness. I just don't get yeah, it. I don't, they, they, they focus on the wrong you, position. They get rid of Ray. They they. Don't get me started. It's turning to the twin corner. Even if you're DH Gallo, you still have too many outfielders. You got too many. So the only thing I can see, and the only reason to get Taylor, is you got to trade Buxton for a, 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 a Juan Soto like package of somebody's best pitchers. That's the only way that works. I'm sorry. It's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. You trade your players. Don't don't trade my players. You trade your players. Don't worry, worry about New York. Don't worry about what I'm doing out here. Hey, I'm I, if we had some pitches, I would be I would be in Minnesota right now saying, "Listen, who y'all want for Buxton?" <laughs> no, leave us alone. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> he did it on purpose. <laughs> make you turn your head and, and cry on the couch like like that uh, like Anderson. Uh, uh, a meme, you know, like he did it on purpose, but uh, not. Nah, it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be fun when the baseball pitches and catches next month, man. Like it, you know, then we get into March you Madness. Know, even like a couple uh, of weeks. It ain't even a month. Like we at the end of January, man. It's a couple of weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah, my son's birthday next week. It's it's almost over. It's almost over. Capricorn season almost in the bag and going out to the Aquarius and, and stuff. So Capricorn season uh, is over. It, you know, it's Aquarius now. Yeah, so it's uh it's crazy, but uh you know we get into the March Madness. You know my my Huskies can't get right. Um, they're embarrassing that. They just they just they just don't. They just don't. I, ugh, ugh, it drives me crazy. Uh, we don't have a point guard. That's the problem. We we got all these players to shoot, do all this stuff, and we don't have a point guard. So it's ridiculous. But uh, pause. Mr. Harvey, thank you for calling in. Uh, let's get us out of here, man. Give us a close. SportsCityStats.com. Check out the blog, websites, everything we got going on there. Barbershop on Clubhouse. Uh, still continuing to grow, man. Thanks to the big homie TP, the head honcho, man. Without him, I wouldn't be here. 
Join us on Sunday morning, man. The time is Sunday morning, bro. I'm I'm just uh, happy to be alongside, be the sous chef, man. And uh, we will uh, break down uh, what's happened over the weekend and set the table for you for Championship Sunday in the NFL. Also have NFL free for on Tuesday nights. And uh, cars cook out like we have on Wednesdays. Chandler and I will be coming at you tomorrow night with Roundtable Gumbo. I have a lot of things, man. And listen, uh, listen. Uh, my my big apology letter, my I'm sorry this happened to you, goes to Louisa Rice, man. You win a batting title for this franchise, and they ship you off to Miami where you get to uh, play in front of seven people every night. So, uh, you know, I hate it for you, but uh, that's sad. You win a batting title for the team, and they send you to baseball purgatory. Uh, anyway, so... I digress. Uh, I'm so sorry to see that. Uh, but anyway, check out everything we got going on. Check out our shows. And um, once again, man, much love and respect to the chefs, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be alongside. As I always tell you guys, that's not off, bro. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chandler, always good to hear your voice, man. Uh, give us a close as we get out of here, bro. Uh, a lot of fun tonight, man. Serious, glad to talk to you again. Um, and, you know, we're doing the show tomorrow. Um, Hoya Saxa, Kai. Hoya Saxa. Told you he was going to win the game. But um, as Mr. Harvey's relative always used to say to close his radio show, when you listen to Sports City Chefs, now you know the rest of the story. There you go. I like it. I like it. I like it. But, um, yeah, man, shout out to the chefs, man. We're, we got a lot of things. Get to the website. Uh, shout out to PHI Apparel. Uh, make sure you use that promo code chefs uh, and get your, your Philly gear because they they in the championship game. Um, I like the 49ers in that game, though. Um, and, I, <laughs> you know, man, I Mahomes, I don't know about that foot injury. That line flipped, TP. I said it last night. The, the, the Chiefs were favored, and now the Bengals are favored. So it's a flip, and 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 Vegas knows something. But like for the 49er Eagle game, when you're a two point two and a half point favorite, you're not the favorite. It's a pick'em. So I like the 49ers in that game. But um, listen, I I got I got you got things going on all week. Get to get to the gumbo tomorrow. Get you get you a plate of that. They always cook something lovely up. Uh, the Sunday uh, brunch with TP Timeless and Mr. Harvey uh, co-hosting with, with the one and only TP Timeless, so make sure you listen to that. I'm going to try to get into there. Uh, hopefully, I, maybe I just get the kids to be quiet for a little bit so I can come in there and talk my ish again. Um, but, you know, it's going to be fun. I got a, a show planned um, coming soon next week, uh, doing a giant season recap. I was going to do it as a finger food by myself, but I got a Giants fan that loves to talk Giants, so I'm I'm going with her, a uh, New York Giants fan girl. Uh, Adriana Arafola, um, you know, repping that Giants blue from New Jersey and, and hailing in Connecticut now. So we're going to do a show together. It's going to be on her podcast, and it's probably going to be on ours too. So, you know, more to come on that. Always doing big things. And we, we expand and we grow and we doing our thing. TP Timeless, you know what to do. Get us out of here, my big brother. The Bengals are flavored? They're flavored. This, this is this is incredible. I, I just I just don't know what to do. See, like, like, I'm trying to talk fast, and he just wants to, you know, make people like. And then and then he wants to talk about the Giants. Like I don't know what he wants to do. This is this is suffering succotash. Shout out to Sylvester. The crazy part about it is these guys are talking about coach of the year with Dabo, and Dabo got busted by Sirianni twice. Matter of fact, Philly's been running all around these dudes, especially in Philadelphia. They got a ten game winning streak at home against these dudes. That means the Giants have not won in the state of Pennsylvania since 2000, 
12 or 11. Pick a year. It doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. These people are out of their heads. And you got Barry talking this crap. You got Chandler talking about Hoya Saxon. Patrick Ewing has won one game in Big East Conference play out of 30. Out of 30. Get him out of D.C. right now. I don't care how much he did for that team back in the 80s. He's done. I don't want to hear the people tell me this stuff. Get a bowl at the gumbo. I'll probably be there starting some more stuff because Chandler's got me feeling some type of way. He brought up Michael Taylor, talking about my dog on Twitter. I'm not having I feel some type of way. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon, they well in tune, bloom like a flower in June, Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom, so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.